0: Friday. How about that? And it's time now for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Realty expert John Brodeen is back in the studios of Grand Fork's Best Source. We're going to be talking with John right after this. Look, if you want that home, let's go get you that home. And it's okay to feel a little nervous. Or and not know what to look for because our network agents have the expertise to take the scary out of buying a home well most of it now let's go get you home all right and we are back with realty expert john brodine john on wednesday uh we had shanna field in here talking about uh a lot of questions about the lending process let's switch it up a little bit today uh first off it's friday yes, how are you i'm good yeah happy friday john
1: yeah big plans for the weekend uh we got some friends coming to town so probably uh get a round to golf in i thought my round last week was gonna be my last one of the season but apparently not uh <laughs> So get around to golfing Saturday morning. Probably watch the Sioux Bison game. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <clears throat> Who are you rooting for? Oh Sioux. Yeah? yeah, yeah. Well good, 100%. good. Or the Fighting Hawks? The fighting you mean? Hawks. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I I'd rather call it North Dakota before.
0: Uh, I'm still gonna call them the Sioux. So yeah, that's yeah. don't feel yeah. bad about that. Um, you know, this is something we, you and I, don't talk very much about. Um, it's something I have thought about maybe dabbling in, getting into it, and I don't know if dabbling would be the right way to do it, but. Maybe you can answer some of these questions, but I'd like to know a little bit about real estate investing.
1: Yes. Yep. Um, so real estate investing, there's a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of young people thinking that, you know, real estate <clears throat> investing is going to be their way to you know, mm-hmm. get out of their job and eventually, you know, kind of, you know, you're starting a business when you're starting real mm-hmm. estate investing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more hands-on than investing your money in the stock market. It's a lot more that you need to learn, um, But yeah, it's, it's a really common thing that we get asked about. And I meet a ton of people who, who have aspirations to get into real estate investing. It's not the easiest thing ever to get into. Um, so I can kind of give a little bit of my advice. So I, I personally have, uh, been a real estate investor for, you know, five or five or six years Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and learned some lessons along the way. So I can kind of give them some, uh, advice that I would give to somebody who's interested in getting into it.
0: Um, Okay, so, first first off, I'd like to ask you, how did you get you, your start in real estate investing? Take us from the beginning, because uh, you said you've learned a lot on the way.
1: Yeah, so uh, I was actually still renting the, the, proper, like, the property that I lived in, mm-hmm. and I bought my first property, uh, I, th- I think it was 2015 or 2016, it was a single family home, mm-hmm. uh, knew the guy who was selling it and, you know, single family home with a nice big garage, two bedrooms, a little bit of an unconventional rental property. Um, and I still have that now, um, bought my second property, which was a duplex, um, and probably around like 2018 or 19. And then, uh, so that was up to three units total. Now we got, and then, uh, this year bought a duplex, um, near my home actually. Uh, and that that's the uh, fourth and fifth one. That one's actually a twin home. They're separate parcels, Mm -hmm. uh, side-by-side duplex. Um, And so I've got those five units so far, and then with plans to continue to buy more when uh, opportunities present themselves.
0: Well, you know, you mentioned younger people thinking about getting into real estate investing. Um, You must be ready to retire them.
1: No, not quite. (laughs) Not quite. I I would like to accumulate maybe 10 or 20 of them realistically. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, We'll get into this a little bit more later, but you know, if if you buy a place for a hundred grand and it rents for a thousand dollars a month, and your mortgage payments six hundred bucks, you can't just plan to live off of that four hundred dollars cash flow. No, you need, you need to reserve uh, money away for maintenance, repairs, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So you definitely need to plan right, and you need to be realistic about it. People who think, "Oh, I'm going to cash flow four hundred dollars per unit, and if I got ten units, I'm on four grand a month in income coming in." It's not quite that simple. Uh, realistic expectation is you're probably going to reserve, depending on how new the property is. You probably want to put about five to ten percent of rents away, sure, for, uh, for maintenance and repairs. You also want to have reserves for vacancy. Usually, you reserve maybe like five percent of your rents for vacancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so now can't make
0: any money on an empty house. No.
1: So now you're talking about out of that four hundred dollars a month, you're putting away, you know, fifteen percent of your rents, which mm-hmm. would equate to about $150 a month. So that $400 cash flow went down to, you know,
0: 250. Sure. And and if you've got five rental properties, all of a sudden say a water heater goes out in one. Yep. Uh, another one might need a new roof. Um, all of these things add up and the renters don't pay that. Nope. Nope. That's on you. That's why you need to save away those
1: reserves mm-hmm. because you don't want to, you know, it's some of the clickbait stuff out there and kind of like the the guys selling courses, it's always how to get into real estate investing with no money. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly, that's such a risky strategy. The first, first step that anybody wants to take is figure out a way how you're going to be able to save up some money. Sure. Um, cause you need to have it for reserves. You need to have it for the down payments. You need to have, uh, you need to have capital or else you're going to have a very hard time. Like traditionally, you know, if you're buying your first home and you're going to live in it and rent out a portion of it, these rules don't apply to you. That's a great strategy. Um, most people aren't willing to make the sacrifice of living in a either a multifamily space or renting out a portion of their home or whatever. But if you are willing to make that sacrifice, it's going to pay off massively and you're going to be able to get in for less money. But for the people who want to invest in rental properties that they're not actually living in, you're, you're typically going to need 20% down on a single family home, at least 25% down on a on a duplex in most cases.
0: Okay. I'm going to keep basing everything on, <clears throat> say I have five rental properties. Yeah. So if I've got five rental properties um, and something goes wrong, do I fix it? Do I hire somebody to fix it? Those are other things you have to think of too. Uh, again, I'll go back to say a water heater. Yeah. Well, okay. You got to go buy the water heater and then you got to pay somebody to put it in yeah. or do it yourself if you can. But for example, on, on your rental properties, who does the maintenance, who does the work? Do you do it if you can, or you call somebody or how does that work?
1: That's a good question. So for my own deals, I manage them myself Mm -hmm. that I take like the tenant phone calls. I show the properties myself. Um, I manage the, the renovations and that sort of thing, but -hmm. but I'm hiring out, you know, subcontractors. Yeah. You're just like the general
0: contractor on the deal and you hire out.
1: Exactly. So, um, we'll get into this more later too but when you're talking about scaling you know you want to go from 5 properties to 25 properties you you there's only 24 hours in the day right mm-hmm. so you, yeah. you're if you're going to spend all day doing these activities that you could be hiring out um what is first off let's say it takes all your all your waking hours to be fixing water heaters to be fixing doors to mm-hmm. be fixing toilets to be uh you know Hire, uh, finding new tenants to be doing all these like maintenance and uh, management activities and repair activities and all that sort of thing. Um, you're not going to have time to be out there researching the new deals to continue growing your, your property base and then mm-hmm. your, your, you know, your portfolio. And if you want to go from 25 to hundred, if you're, so maybe it takes every waking hour to do everything yourself on, on, uh, 25 deals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on 25 properties. If you're trying to go from 25 to a hundred, it's impossible. You, you're not going to have enough hours in the day. You need to hire people. So that's why you need to, it's really important when you're at a higher level like that to be, uh, documenting your processes. Um, so this is, this is advice more like higher level, um, property owners mm-hmm. who want to grow still. Sure. Um, you want to make it like a business. The, some of the, most basic, you know, the the Bibles of business books, like the E myth. Mm-hmm. It's all about mm-hmm. systems and processes. Um so that you can hire people, you can put them into the system, they can take care of these duties, and now your uh sixteen waking hours a day turns into thirty two waking yeah. hours a day. And then when you get as you grow you plug in more people into the system, you want to have these systems and processes set up so that you're able to plug people in when you get overwhelmed. Because when you're overwhelmed and you're doing everything yourself, then it's gonna be much more painful and difficult to create those processes for an employee while you're already swamped. Yeah, not, it's, it's not gonna be as efficient.
0: Not to mention you're probably gonna be crabby.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a known <laughs> side effect.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, now uh, another question. These are just, you know, whatever, but Say I'm renting a property from you mm-hmm. um, and I say, you know, John, I'd, I'd really like to paint in here. I'd, li- I'd like to change up the colors and everything. Uh, what do I do? Can you help me out on that? Uh, you Cut me a, a, a break on the rent or do you say, well, you know what? Uh, there's nothing wrong with this paint. Uh, I'm sorry you don't really like this color. If you want to paint it, go ahead, but it's on your dime or is that all something you work out as the scenario happens?
1: Yeah, it's usually as a scenario happens if, you know, if they want to repaint it, Repaint in a neutral color, mm-hmm. I'll usually let them, but I have to approve it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that could be something I have to change over time because not everybody's a good painter and I don't want to have to hire sure. somebody to go in and redo it after they move out. Um, I don't want it to do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually something where it has to get approved by me. It's definitely sure. it's not going to get taken off to rent, um, that sort of thing, because it's personal preference. Yep. You know, it's, yep. it's almost like decorating. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you when you go back to those systems and processes, when you're small and you have time, you should spend that time documenting these things that you do. So then when you're busy, you say the process for finding a new tenant is this, and you could hire somebody to take on those duties. Um, or, or it's not always hiring an in-house employee. That's the other thing people need to remember. Um, it could be partnering with a property management company where they uh, you pay them a percentage. That's how they work. You pay them a percentage and they handle the finding the tenants, the vetting the tenants, the showing the properties, uh, the maintenance calls, all that kind of stuff. And in exchange, they get paid a percentage of the rents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You still, you can't just be completely hands off. You have to manage the property management company and make sure that they're doing well. But now you're not doing those boots on the ground activities. Sure. So you, your goal as you grow is kind of to take, um, take, there's going to be certain activities that only you can do, um, you know, and eventually the really high level goal for the people who are worth hundreds of millions or whatever is to hire, you know, kind of like a CEO Mm -hmm. uh, who can handle those really high level activities for you and you just manage them from a distance. And that's when you've kind of reached that financial freedom where you're managing them, but it only takes a few hours a month. You're only making super high level decisions. Um, and that's really all you're doing. The machine is kind of running itself. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're creating a machine and part of creating the machine from a building it up uh, level is documenting your processes just so um, that they can be repeated. And the other thing is, if you just if I were to hire an employee, teach them how to do everything and never write anything down, never document everything, anything. Mm-hmm. If they leave, they have all the value. Yeah. And they've just left me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to have to invest all that mm-hmm. time into hiring and training a new person. Maybe I've forgotten some of it over the time that this employee has been doing everything. So that's why you need to document things. Um, so that you can plug a new person into the machine and, and it'll run smoothly and pick up right where you left off because it's too risky to just, um, you know, give somebody on the job training mm, and have right. no documentation of what it is that they're doing because a new person comes along and you basically forgot all the stuff that this other, per- all the tricks this person picked up along the way. Um, so, I'll start off with the first thing. You know, we talked about you have to have money. Mm-hmm. Um, what you first should spend your time learning about if you haven't already squared this away is and you don't have the money, you know, ready to be allocated, mm-hmm. you need to learn about personal finance and you need to set up your personal financial situations. So you're able to save up for a down payment, figuring out how much money you're spending each month, figuring out where you can cut costs if you're spending more than you're making or if you're spending exactly how much you're making, you need to be the more money that you can, the the higher percentage of your income, even if you're not earning a ton of money, the higher percentage of your income that you can save each month and the lower percentage of your income that you can spend each month, the better. So you need to find ways to make that happen if that's not the current situation. Uh, Second thing is you need to learn about what type of real estate investment you want to pursue and you need to learn what makes a good deal. So a lot of younger people talk to me and it's like they want to, they're not sure if they want to do Wholesales. They're not sure if they want to do flips. They're not, not sure if they want to do. So they're kind of interested in everything all at once. And at that rate, it's going to take them so long to learn everything that they need to know to be an expert in one of those fields that they're never going to have the knowledge that they need in time. So I would pick one niche where you want to go, and I would learn as much as possible about that.
0: So I would imagine if you start investing in, in, in this kind of property, mm-hmm. uh, breaking even is is not a good thing or is it because i mean okay you're not making any money you're not losing any money but you still own the property Uh, nobody wants to get rental properties or investment properties to just break even
1: yeah and if you're breaking even so the it's going to depend on the market there could Mm -hmm. be markets where the best possible deal you can find is a break-even deal Mm -hmm. you can see how that's risky though sure um because in a market like that your biggest thing that you're going to be banking on is appreciation, the property going up in value, or else it's not even an investment. Mm -hmm. You just bought yourself a job. So um, you are getting principal pay down each month, but that's a small amount um, that you're adding to your net worth each month by paying down that loan. Like we talked about, maintenance and repairs. You're going to have maintenance and repairs. So you're not even going to have reserves. So you're probably cash flow negative if it's just breaking even based on the principal interest mortgage uh, payment and and whatnot. So that's probably like in grand forks, that's not going to constitute a good deal. You're probably not going to look at that. So you need to learn what's a realistic deal that you can find in grand forks and you need to get really, really, really good at analyzing deals while you're saving up for your down payment before you're ready to actually pull the trigger on this. Um, you need to, uh, be analyzing deals constantly. So when a good deal comes across your desk, you know, and you can jump on it, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, This is something you want to get as many reps in as possible, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you should be looking at deals that are for sale. Your first deal, I don't know if you're going to, like, if you buy your first deal through a real estate agent, it's going to be a lot easier Mm -hmm. because they're going to be able to make sure you don't get tricked or trapped with any contracts. Sure. Make sure that there's no funny business going on. Just analyze as many investment property deals as you can. You want to look at uh, the the things that could make or break this deal. Like, does are you able to uh, separate the utilities so the tenants pay for them, or is that not possible with the heating system that's in the property?
0: Okay, are the yeah. rents
1: maybe below market rents where you could raise them. So right now it doesn't look like a good deal, um, but the rents are super low and you could raise them, and then it becomes a good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to look at are you able to make an easy improvement to the property that are going to cause the rents to go up? Uh, you want to so the numbers you want to look at. You want to plan for that, um, you know, figure out what your mortgage payment's going to be. You want to plan for if you're going to hire out management, what that expense is going to be. You're going to want to plan for if you have to pay any like, um, groundskeeping Mm -hmm. sort of thing, Mm -hmm. figure out what that's going to be, um, and figure out how much money this property actually makes. You want to look at cash on cash return. So if you have $50,000 cash into a $200,000 property, what is the return that your $50,000 is getting you? Um, that's an important number, cash on cash return, larger deals. They're going to look at cap rates. That's the net operating income. So after all expenses are paid, how much money is this thing? Not including principal and interest. How much money is this property making per year? Uh, and you know, uh, dividing that by the purchase price. Sure. Um, because you'll start to find out what's a typical cap rate that, uh, 12 Plex, Plex and ground forks sells at mm. where you can see, oh, this is a six cap right now. Most of them are selling at a six, seven cap, but these rents are kind of undervalued and um, we could make small improvements to these units and turn it into an eight cap. An eight cap is better for the investor who buys sure. it. Like a, you know, so that sort of thing, get really good at analyzing deals long before you ever are in the market to buy your first deal. Um, once you buy your first deal, you're going to have, you know, a little bit more income coming in each month. But the goal is as you continue buying properties, you don't want your, 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 lifestyle to increase as as your income increases. Mm -hmm. You know, your your income's growing. Maybe you have another $500 a month in income. You got a few deals. Maybe you got an extra $2,000 a month in income. Don't spend another $2,000 a month uh, because then your business is going to grow much more slowly. If you can reinvest that money back into your business into buying more and more properties, that's going to be very important. And then as you get into a higher and higher level you got to start worrying more about your time. And that's where those systems and processes come into play. So as a new investor, I would focus first on getting your own financial situation in order so it's going to be possible one day for you to buy a property. Mm -hmm. I'd focus second on getting to know your market that you want to invest in, niche down, figure out its rental properties I want to invest in, if that's the case, and learn as much about analyzing rental property deals as you possibly can as you're saving up long before you're ready to buy anything because you need to have that confidence when a deal comes across if if it's the type of deal that fits your criteria you need to figure out what your criteria is based off of what's possible in your market if this is a good enough deal you need to be ready to jump on it when the time comes that confidence is only going to come through analyzing lots and lots and lots of deals
0: So, you know, you're not only a realty expert, you're kind of like a financial advisor here, too. Uh, That's a stretch, (laughs) yeah. You know, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, John Brodine, realty expert, uh, maybe they want to get into this real estate investing. What do they do? How do they get a hold of you? Yeah,
1: 701-213-5428.
0: I'd be happy to talk about that. How many more of these uh, uh, investments do you want to make? Are you going to be one of those guys with 25 of them?
1: Hopefully. Hopefully. Continue buying one every two years, Mm -hmm. every, you know. If I could get into more and more units, that'd be better. More, more multifamily. So
0: I'll uh, get a hold of you and talk about this a little there bit later on. It sounds good. All right, there you go. That's your uh, Berkshire Hathaway biweekly podcast with your realty expert, John Brodeen. I tell you what, team up with John Brodeen of Berkshire Hathaway and Executive Properties. Uh, you know what? Maybe you're buying one of these investment projects or houses like uh, John's been talking about. Maybe it needs a little bit of work, needs some remodeling done. Get a hold of Executive Properties. They do all types of commercial and residential work. I mean, they do everything. You can get a hold of them at 701-330-1273 or go to executiveproperties.org and you can check out their uh, reviews on Facebook and Google. You're going to love them. Team up with Executive Properties and John Brodeen with Berkshire Hathaway. Well, there you go. It's going to wrap up this Friday. Your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. We'll be back again on Wednesday on Grand Fork's Best Source.